Hello and welcome to Crutchfield, the podcast. We are back. Yes, we are. Eric and I are right here in the studio together. In person, the way it should be. We haven't actually done a podcast like this in a while. We've been repurposing Crutchfield live shows mm-hmm. as podcasts. Uh, we've done a couple where I didn't even tell Eric we were, we were doing it. I just uh, did an intro without him. Uh, that hurts my feelings. Like I don't know if you heard, we had Andrew Jones uh, got interviewed by our own Jeff Miller at Expona in Chicago a month or so ago, and right, that's now on the podcast. You weren't involved at all. Yeah, I was going to ask how you how do you feel? How does it make you feel when I do that? You know, I think I was the one that broke some Andrew Jones news to you originally, and then mm-hmm. you pay me back that way. So, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> it's already out there. You could yeah, have sure. listened. Yeah. 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 You I'm might want to try listening to yeah, this show yeah, I'll, sometimes. I'll, I'll get to it. No, this one I'll listen to <laughs> no, right away. One, yeah. yeah. This one's a good one. As soon as it pops up in your feed, you're <laughs> like, I want yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're probably not even going to do that thing where you uh, you speed it up. Oh, you mean like one and a quarter speed? Right. Like, can you, do you do that? You do, you're a, Not for my own voice, no. No. If, it, if it's just you, then absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's me, no, that would be annoying. I don't do that with my podcast. When I listen, I want to hear the podcast, you know, the way the artist intended yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, does it? So I don't know the answer to this question. When you speed up a podcast, does mm-hmm. it change the pitch of the voices? The software these days does a pretty good job of maintaining that pitch. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it, do, it does a really good job. So um, some words come across quite a bit quicker uh but at one and a quarter i think i can just be a little bit more efficient listening to most podcasts people have told me however that i talk fast enough already yeah yeah a couple coffees in the morning and i'm just just you know just spitting it out quick so uh i I don't think i want to hear myself and sped up at all so the what the proper speed for this podcast for those of you out there listening is one times like one the the regular speed That's the right yeah. speed. It, on your second or third listen, if you want to go ahead and yes. then go a little bit quicker, totally get it. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Efficiency. If you're, we, gonna be, if you're going to be one thing. Be efficient. <laughs> so here's the deal. Today, we've got an interview. I had Rodell, uh, one of our sales team leaders, sitting in that very chair. So Rodell is, uh, is a sales team leader, and he recently got promoted to sales team leader. And uh, and that's a remarkable thing because he's been at Crutchfield for just over a year now. Yeah, he's one of our newest employees, and uh, we've done quite a bit of hiring during mm-hmm. the pandemic uh, as business has been booming. Uh, all of you out there are looking to buy more and more car stereos and home theaters and all of that, uh, and so we've needed more people to help our customers, and Rodell's one of them. And uh, he was a shining star pretty Absolutely. much right from the beginning. Absolutely, he was a leader in his sales class uh, when, when we both, you know, helped train him to get him up to speed. Mm-hmm. Not that much was needed, but uh, you know, as we were teaching him about Crutchfield, and he quickly set himself apart from uh, from everybody as far as being a, a leader of that group. And we knew there was big, big things. It's a good group, you know, for the other people in the group that are listening to this. For know. sure, yeah, uh, you know, it's an excellent group. But uh, Riddell, we could definitely tell early on, uh, you know, had a uh, had a great future here. So. And, you know, he's got a lot of experience that he brought to the job that has really helped him apply that uh, previous experience to the job of helping our customers. And it's and it's stuff we've seen time and time again that lends itself well to being a really good advisor at Crutchfield, as well as, uh, in Rodell's case, a really good coach, leader, manager of people. Uh, he's a musician. 
Yeah. He's actually a multi-instrumentalist, but uh, he did learn to play the flute. So you could call Rodell a flautist. I wouldn't call him that, but I'll let you call him that. He's also a percussionist. That's really his specialty. Okay. He was a bartender. Okay. And to be a good bartender, you got to be able to talk to people. Multitask. And and deal with people, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in various states of sobriety. So you got to have patience. <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to be able to listen. You got to be understanding, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have to be firm. That's true. With people. Uh, not only was he a bartender, he also worked higher up in restaurants. He helped open restaurants. He's ser- has been a server, uh, sort of a manager of types. So he knows a lot about running restaurants. Again, a service industry. And uh, Rodell brings that level of expertise of dealing with people uh, to this job, which is uh, fantastic. We have always found many of our best advisors have been musicians and or servers. Yeah. Yeah, that's common. So that's who we're going to be talking to here in just a little bit. And uh, he's going to talk about a bunch of different stuff uh, that uh, Rodell has purchased in his short time at Crutchfield. He's made a remarkable number of purchases of some very interesting stuff. We love That's what we do here on this show is we like to find out what gear our employees purchase with their employee discount? Uh, What do they take advantage of? You know, they have access to some of the coolest stuff on the planet. What do they buy? Uh, Rodell has purchased some stuff we have never talked about, uh, some interesting little gadgets and stuff. So uh, we're going to get into that. So Eric and I will be back to rudely interrupt this uh, interview that I had with Rodell and uh, try to explain some things when when needed. Yeah, that's what we do. We're not going to overdo it. That's right. And uh, so, yeah, I think we should just play the tape, man. Yeah, play it. Here you go. This is Rodell and me. So you bought the Eton. Is that how you say it? And there's an yeah. accent over the there's O. Accent over the over the O. So let's go with that. Eton. 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 The Aqualite, uh, which is their solar-powered USB portable charging water bottle. That's right. Water bottle. Yeah. Uh, Not your typical Crutchfield purchase. (laughs) Not your typical Crutchfield purchase. I was uh, digging deep, uh, going through the backlog, seeing seeing what was out there, and I was curious. Uh, I figured, worst case scenario, I know something not to get. Yeah. But then ended up really enjoying it. Really, the best part about it is the solar panel with the light and the USB charger. That seems like a great way to keep your phone charged while camping. You've and you have you put that to the test? I have. Uh went camping up in Maryland a few months ago. Okay. And mainly brought it along to test it out, see how how well it would work and was really impressed. I made no effort to actually charge it, leave it out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh as soon as it got dark around seven o'clock out there in the woods, uh turned it on and it stayed on well past midnight, bright full lighting and i was i was quite impressed wait so it lights up oh it lights up jr i didn't know it light lit up <laughs> yes. I, I see this i'm looking at a picture of it and you brought yours here i see the solar panel the power button and the usb thing what lights up is it the water bottle itself like kind of lights up the lid oh. has an led light in it which faces downward into the bottle and illuminates the bottle and sort of functions as a lantern. Yeah. With okay. a couple different lighting settings. Uh, I believe you even have an SOS pattern. So what I do now is I actually, ever since I <laughs> took it camping, I just keep it in my trunk uh, in case I ever was in an emergency and somehow needed, for some reason, needed SOS lighting yeah. or solar panel charger to charge my phone. Put that out behind your car on the next to, next to the road or something and make it blink SOS? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I was I was 
more than anything, the light and the charger are by far the best uh, the best features of it. But well, what else? <laughs> well worth the twenty five bucks right there. <laughs> exactly. And there, but there's other. Is there other stuff that comes in the bottle? There is. So in addition to the water bottle itself, by the way, I should mention the water bottle is actually a silicone based water bottle, uh, so it's collapsible. It's a silicone based so water bottle. So it doesn't bottle. take up a ton of space in your camping gear. Exactly. exactly. That makes sense. Uh, but along with this nifty little water bottle with the cool charger and the cool light, it also came with some general outdoor gear, some, uh, a flint, an emergency whistle, even a water purification straw as well, mm. as some general first aid, you know, anti-sting, anti-burn pads as well. An emergency whistle? I'm looking at the webpage for it. <laughs> yeah, it did come with an emergency whistle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not my favorite whistle, but it, again, <laughs> it is uh, more than anything. It was worth it for the light, and I've not been in a position where I've needed to use an emergency whistle, so that's nice. I've also not been in a situation yet where I need to purify any water, right? Yet, what kind of whistle is it? Is it like a like a basketball referee no. whistle, or is it more like sound of music uh, whistle? You know, when he uh, was calling the kids. <laughs> nice reference. Thank you. Uh, Unfortunately, neither. It's oh. it's a little tube with a slit on the top, so you know flute rules basically. You blow air over it, and the fraction of air causes the whistle. But it doesn't have. If it had the, if it was a basketball whistle, I'd use it nonstop to yeah. the annoyance of all of my friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the little nut inside to make right. it to make it warble. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, not quite that fun. But you know, right, <laughs> it's not about fun, Jr. It's an emergency whistle, it's, not it's, a fun it's, whistle. It's not a play whistle. It's not a toy. <laughs> use this only in case of emergencies. Eric, you want to talk a little bit about this gadget, this uh, Eton Aqualite? Yeah, I love little gadgets like this. I have yet to actually go purchase mine, but I think I need one. I think I need one of these sitting in the back of my car, in my in the back seat of my truck, just to have on hand for emergency use. It's one of those things that uh, y- you wish you had it at like the worst possible time, right? right. Yeah, right. <laughs> the electricity goes out for a couple of days. It's a good gadget to have around, right? That's and that's exactly what our we have two customer reviews on this product. Yeah, and both of them say they don't have never used it. Well, good for and, them, and they love it. Yeah, <laughs> I have it. Here's the first one. This is from. Uh, is this from you? No, this is from some guy named Eric in Charlottesville. It's not me. It's not you. Exactly. This is not this Eric. No, some other not. Eric. <laughs> I haven't actually used any of the items in this set because it's a peace of mind thing. I am keeping in my car, but it does give me so many useful things in one reasonably priced package. It feels like a real no-brainer to have as a backup for road trips. Well, so five-star yeah. review. Never used the product. Uh, another person from Riva, Maryland. Uh, no instructions, but there is an attached tag. So far, so good. Have not had a chance to make use. Good. And that person <laughs> only gave it four out of five stars. I think they, they, I guess they wanted some instructions you in know, the box. Star ratings have always just really kind of I mean, four, it, it, four out of five is pretty good. Four out of five is good. But That's we, a B. But we it's want a solid B. But we want five out of five. I, I mean, I do. I, I do want. Five it's not out the of product's five. fault. It hasn't been used. You know what else I want? <laughs> I want pictures on reviews. Oh, I love pictures. For those of you out there that look through customer reviews, uh, the, the customer's ability to upload pictures of the products they bought from us, took them home, installed them, are using them, and uploading pictures when they write a review has become my favorite thing mm-hmm. about Crutchfield. Yeah. <laughs> Every single product I look at, oh, are there customer review pictures? Right. And when there are, it's just so, it's eye-opening to see it is. how these products are being used out there in the wild. And did you like use it to keep your phone charged? 
I did charge my phone a little bit. Uh, this might lead into something else that I actually got from Crutchfield, but I actually have a portable charger from Nimble yeah. that I use much more than I, I use this. You but know, I, I did saw, test it just to make sure. I saw those on your purchase history. I thought, oh, that's not interesting enough to talk about. <laughs> but like you're like, yeah, I got an awesome phone charger. It's uh, one of my. It's one of the things that I use the most, and probably get the most utility out of. Especially for, I mean, it's a great price too. Uh, but those things are great. They charge really fast. They're small. They can fit in your pocket. And especially when you know, if you're traveling, you're in a new city, you're using your maps on your phone all the time. You're calling yep. people to coordinate. It can drain down the battery pretty quickly. Yeah. And uh, so it's always great. I keep it in you know my back pocket whenever I travel, and it has uh, bailed me out on more than one occasion. So I don't have to go around, uh, you know knocking on doors hey can i charge my phone at your bar or store or whatever uh yeah that's a great way to lose a phone and or annoy people mm-hmm. uh, by asking for their charger mm-hmm. or their outlet or anything like that because then they feel like they got to be responsible for your phone too. right yeah you bought two different ones right i did i so i bought the uh the light and the the, the standard the nimble champ light charger so uh that one's 25 bucks oh and then the champ portable charger for 50 bucks Mm -hmm. uh and which one do you use more i find myself using the smaller one more oh uh it just fits in my pocket a little bit better uh but if i was on a trip where i had a bag a a drawstring bag or a fanny pack i would definitely use the larger one it charges faster stores more power um and that one i I don't feel bad about letting my friends use as well because i know there's plenty of juice for all of us right yeah, yeah, those, these things are great. Like, I don't know how people don't have these. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend and I, between us, probably have about four or five different, you know, portable chargers. Well, uh, yeah, you got to have one to keep on you and three to charge. And, yes, yeah, I, I get it. She uh, she works out in uh, in on, on farms and with horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, there's not much cell phone charging going on out there. Mm-hmm. She's out in the country, so the phone is always kind of looking for service. So she her phone will die. Super fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, if she doesn't keep these with her and charged up and ready to go, she's dead in the water. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, let's see. Looking through your purchase history, I've got web pages open for everything I could find. <laughs> uh, we've covered the Eton. Eton? Mm. Yeah, still, I, sounds I kinda, good to me. I kind of want to know how to say that. JR, now. you Jack Reacher? Is that what JR stands Eton. for? <laughs> yeah. That's right. The Chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about these Sony uh, headphones? Did you get a set of the uh, 1000 XM4s? I did, I did. Uh, I use them all the time. They're a great pair of headphones. Probably my favorite pair of non-true wireless with the band. Yeah. Uh, my favorite pair of, of wireless headphones that I use that are, again, emphasis on wireless. <laughs> yeah, so for those not familiar, these are a pair of like over-the-ear traditional looking headphones but they are wireless uh mm-hmm. so they connect to your phone with bluetooth mm-hmm. uh and there are the xm4s which are noise canceling correct do you use that all the time yeah uh and it's it's great it is i'm always impressed by it, it's almost sometimes too good <laughs> if i'm if i'm by myself and i have it turned on and i'm not thinking about it yeah start hearing my body <laughs> that's right that's the it's a freaky experience yeah. listening to noise canceling mm-hmm. headphones if you like don't have music playing it's just on mm-hmm. shutting out the world like yeah you can hear yourself like the inside parts breathing <laughs> right. and think like yeah every yeah. breath every every time you swallow every exactly. breath you take mm-hmm. yeah you can. yeah you're gonna hit it you're gonna do it 
I think I, don't, I think if we start singing it, then we'll get into copyright issues. Yeah, and, I didn't know what kind of licensing agreement. Yeah, you had we'll have to JR, cut that part so. of the show. <laughs> Too much good information. I can't afford that. No, no, no. So Rodell has Sony XM4 wired wireless Bluetooth headphones, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting time to, for us to be talking about this because literally, as we're recording this, it's July first. It's gonna this episode is gonna drop real soon, but that's the nice. day we're sitting here in the studio, right? July first, twenty twenty two. Yesterday we had Crutchfield Live. We featured the new XM fives on the show. We had a yeah. review. Uh, Abby yeah, talked Abby, about them. She did a great job. She yep. did. She took them home. She had them uh, on her head for a couple hours. She really right. put them through their paces and was able to give a uh, a real world firsthand uh, review of what the new XM5s are. Yeah. Which is, I actually unboxed them two weeks prior. Exactly. So yeah. we uh, live for like the first time at Crutchfield. Yeah. Unboxed. So by the way, if you're not watching Crutchfield live, it's every other Thursday on YouTube and on Facebook. Follow our channels on either one to watch us live. I'm usually there. Eric yeah. is often there. And it's good anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Crutchfield Live is a great place. It's where we first showed these off, uh, and you're you're a big fan of the XM4s yourself, right? I you am. have a pair of those. Yeah, I've got well, I've got the earbuds, and I've got uh, multiple pair of the XM. I think I have XM1s, XM. Threes, and I think there's one pair of XM4s that my wife has. So we've kind of, I've been following Sony and these these XM series headphones for quite some time now. And uh, all right, so I've got a game to play then. Okay. Ooh. And if you were, if you said you were watching Crutchfield Live yesterday, I, and I know you have your computer in front of you, but yes. don't look this up. Totally not looking this up. I want to see how well you remember, or how, what do you know about what are the differences? What did Sony change about the oh. XM to go to the from the XM4 to the XM5? How how is it improved or different? Yeah, compared to the previous model. I've, so, I've got them all. I've got one, two, three, four, five yeah. bullet points. What yeah. do you got? Well, so uh, first off. Yes. Um, I remember from the live episode that you pointed out all the differences. And at I that did. point, at that point, I wasn't listening because it was you talking instead of Abby. Um, so there was that. But um, I do know the main joint has definitely changed. Um, the padding, I think, has gotten yeah, softer. That's, what, lighter my, that's weight. what my bullet point says. Yeah. It's Sony changed the joint. <laughs> that's it the, well, the uh like the, you know, you're talking about how the yeah. ear cups sort of yeah uh, the old xm4s they sort of turned in and folded up into themselves right and the new right. ones don't do that right it's a redesigned thing they, so, they lay flat but they don't fold up into themselves yeah so that's changed both the you know the function functionality of it and also uh aesthetically i mean i think they look better than they have ever looked they do look more elegant than yeah. ever they're slightly lighter weight i remember they that are. yes um and i believe the padding on the headband has gotten a little bit softer and ding, also ding, the, ding ding that's bullet point number one is okay. the, the plushier softer mm-hmm. padding that not only is more comfortable but also does a better job of noise isolation ah okay so Im- Sweet. it helps I'd, improve the actual like noise canceling noise isolation yeah i, mi- I missed that part um well, the case is different. Does that count? Um, I'm just kind of I mean, reaching at straws here. I did at this mention point, that so. on the show, and that's yeah. uh, some people might actually be annoyed by the the right. change uh, because they don't fold up into themselves. The it's case is larger. physically a little larger, mm-hmm. so it might be more difficult to throw them in your backpack. Yeah, but they but lay flat, so it's a low profile case, but still a little bulkier. Yeah, yeah, st- still worth the extra space. Nitpicky. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I remember lighter weight, softer. Uh, the noise canceling, I'm assuming, yes. hasn't gone backwards. No. Uh, and it was 
amazing before. So and even better now. So now there's two processing chips in there, mm. listening for noise uh, that it can cancel, and specifically, it's better at attacking high frequency noise. So if people are around you talking, that's always been tough for mm. a noise canceling headphone to right. actually cancel conversation. Right. Right. Now these will be better as a result of that. That coupled with eight microphones to listen to the noise, mm-hmm. all of the noise canceling stuff improve big yeah. time. So that's that's two. You got yeah. two of the bullet points. Yeah, I think I'm doing pretty awesome. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> so wait, they look different and they operate different. Uh, can I assume that there was something different about the charge? I don't have a bullet point about the charge. We're going to scratch that. Okay. Can I assume that there's uh, something better about the frequency response? No. There's a change. Uh, yes. For sure. Okay. That depending on how you look at it okay. is considered uh, an improvement or it's a problem. It really depends on what you want out of your headphones. I'm looking at it the first way, but but continue. So they change the size of the driver. Oh. So the okay. XM4s have 40 millimeter drivers. Okay. That's the diameter of the speaker in the right. headphone, right? Yeah. The new ones downsized to 30 millimeter drivers hmm. now i'm suspicious Does that make you excited or you know, worried you know i think i i know the manufacturers like to point out the size of those drivers yeah and it kind of feels like in doing so it's implied mm. that bigger is better usually now, that, now, yeah bigger is better that's now, the general consensus sh- sure. on these things However, you and I have worked in this industry long enough to know that smaller drivers sometimes are more efficient, uh, can be more accurate. There's benefits to smaller drivers as well. So really, I think it depends on how they're handling those lower frequencies uh, that would kind of sway my opinion on whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing. You're you're right on it, man. That's it. Uh, So they are specifically going for more clarity, more definition, more Mm -hmm. precision performance from the 30 millimeter drivers Mm -hmm. and specifically they don't want to overemphasize bass okay so they're trying to give you a flat response they it's not like they don't have bass they sound full but some headphones out there on the world today seem to have extra bass Uh, you know what (laughs) sony has ones called extra bass so (laughs) So that's another line (laughs) these are not that these are these are trying to be closer to a flat eq uh, without adding uh, extra bass that's not really supposed to be there. So okay. that's why they're doing that. Okay. Uh, I personally have not spent any time listening to these headphones yet. I know you haven't. I haven't. I've had them on my head, but I have not had a chance to listen to them. They are that new here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about these headphones a lot. But, I mean, there's a real buzz around here and in the industry. These these things have been huge sellers. Um, you know, Sony and Bose have been going back and forth, and there's some other really good headphone manufacturers out there. But it really, from my perspective, the the, the Sony and, and the Bose for at this price point, and to do you know portable over the ear noise canceling headphones have really been knocking it out of the park. Oh, well, there's just tons of YouTube videos where YouTubers are comparing the Sonys to the Bose, even yeah. though there's 20 other brands that have noise canceling right. headphones. Right. These are the kings of that market. Yep. All right. Two other bullet points. Two other differences from XM4 to XM5. Are you mm. tapped out? You want me to give them to you? You know, I'm, I'm going to let you talk a little bit. I don't feel like I'm letting you talk enough today. Hmm. <laughs> I don't usually have a problem with that, but okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, your turn. So the new ones have Bluetooth 5.2. 
Okay. So that right. the, the XM4 has had 5.1. So there's a 0.1 better. 0.1 better on okay. the Bluetooth. Uh, specific, <laughs> specifically, uh, fewer audio dropouts. You shouldn't have okay. had a bunch on the XM4, no, no. but even fewer on sure. the XM5s. Uh, but it should also make connecting these to multiple devices, like, say, your computer mm. and your phone at the same time, okay. should work smoother and seamlessly and uh, you know much better. So if you're listening to music from your computer and you get a yeah. call on your phone, it's it just happens. It just works. So the latest and greatest of Bluetooth uh, protocols, basically. Yes. So that's good. That yep. makes sense. And last but not least, uh, the XM4s had Google Assistant and Alexa, Amazon Alexa built in. And mm-hmm. to access them, you had to touch the headphone to yep. activate it, right? Right. You don't have to touch it anymore. So it's voice. Yeah. You can yeah. set a wake-up word for your smart assistant of your preference. Ooh. So whether it's Google or Alexa. Or a computer. You, exactly. <laughs> uh, so you can say what you want to wake them up. Right. And you don't have to touch your headphones anymore. Cool. I, and that makes that feature way more usable for so me. So can you I just shout out to Jeff Be- Bezos just to, to unlock it? That could be your... Yeah, let's not pick a fight. Right. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> That's right. Mr. Bezos, sir. <laughs> so those are the main differences, right? So Bluetooth, hands-free uh, access to smart assistance, uh, 30 millimeter drivers that should be more precise and clear, mm-hmm. uh, stronger noise canceling, and roomier, plushier ear cups. That's a lot of things. Yeah. They're basically new headphones, which they, they are. They took great headphones yeah. and made them even even better yeah. uh, is the uh, is the idea here. So XM5 is kind of a big deal around here right now. They're mm-hmm. in stock as we record this. Mm-hmm. They might not be when you go to buy them. I right. can't tell you how quickly they're going to sell out, yeah. uh, and we'll have to get another shipment of them in, but we will, believe me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we should probably get back to Rodell now. Yeah, yeah let's let he him talk. He is patiently waiting for us to <laughs> shut up uh, and get back to him. So Indeed. Let's do it. When we do headphone training, that's one of the things we talk about is, you know, how that's changed over the years. Hmm. Headphones used to be something you used for, you know, critical listening, two-channel listening. Uh, maybe you got a Walkman or a Discman so you could use them in a portable situation, right? But the the smartphone and Bluetooth uh, working well, which it didn't at first, right? But once hmm. Bluetooth sort of got going and was reliable... How many pairs of headphones do we need now? Like one for every different life situation, right? Right. One for the car, one for your bedroom, one for the garage, one that you take on trips. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one I've got you them just all. <laughs> keep in your backpack so you just have it just in case. Just in case. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's your go-to? I mean, you said these are your favorite. Uh, I mean, is that because of sound quality or like? Between sound quality and comfort, yeah. the XM4s are, are my favorite. Uh, I would say the ones that I find myself using the most often are actually the True Momentums uh, from Sennheiser. Sennheiser. Momentum True Wireless uh, 2. Correct. Yeah. Uh, So those, I find, have my favorite features, uh, are incredibly easy to use. Uh, The pass-through for audio is really nice. So when I tap my left earbud, the microphones that are normally responsible for active noise canceling Mm -hmm. will then transmit that exterior sound through the headphones while I'm listening to music. So if I had them in right now and you called my name, hit the button, not pause my music, and still be able to hear everything you're saying nice and clearly. It's not just turning noise cancellation off. It's uh, using the noise cancellation mics to pipe in the sound of the outside world, right? Spot on, JR. Because mm-hmm. so, those, those headphones will do a nice job of isolating all by themselves. Even if you just put them in and never turned them on, they make a good seal in your ear. Right, so you already are not hearing a lot of what's going on around you, and then you turn noise cancellation on, and the world disappears. And if you're walking down the street in a city, 
uh, or anywhere where you, you know you want to hear animals, you want to hear other people, cars, buses, uh, and or people talking to you. Right. That's a pretty cool feature to be able to really you know have them work either way. Have them work either way. Not ever have to remove them from your ears to be all of a sudden aware from your environment. And it's just as simple as a single tap on the left earbud to make that to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, the quality. I was shocked at for a true wireless headset. I was I was really shocked at the quality of Bluetooth mm. transmission, and uh, they feel comfortable. They're great for long listening. So if I'm watching TV or if I'm making a phone call, if I'm listening to music, uh, they're really sort of all purpose like that and, and perform really well. Yeah, uh, I am saving up and waiting on uh, the Audio Engine B1 to come back in uh-huh. so we can uh, take advantage of the Aptex HD that's built into those Sennheisers as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What kind of phone do you use uh, with the Apt- with the uh, with the headphones now? It is an iPhone. I believe this is an 11. So with an iPhone, you can't use Aptex. Right. That's, a, that's an Android-only sort of a thing. Correct. Uh, but it does have Bluetooth 5.1. So, I mean, the Bluetooth should be, like, as solid as Bluetooth gets. It is uh, it is very very reliable, very strong signal from a surprisingly far distance. If I leave my phone in the other room or have it connected to device and walk across my home, pretty well past thirty feet, and we're still getting pretty clear. Well, great clear signal. Yeah, and and I've been really been impressed with that aspect of it, and I'm curious to see what the Aptex HD will do for fidelity. So. In addition to those, you've also bought. You said you like Bluetooth stuff. You got the Ultimate Ears Wonder Boom too. Is that something? Yeah. So that is a portable speaker. Yeah. Uh, great for outdoors. Uh, that was. I, I play soccer with some friends a fair amount outside, and uh, it's great to just have. It fits right in my drawstring bag. Pairs to the phone and makes some serious sound. Mm-hmm. Generally, whenever you have speakers outside, you know, you're you're working against the environment, especially for those bass frequencies and such. Uh, the Wonder Boom actually has an outdoor uh, mode, if you will, that really sort of boosts those bass frequencies, and it's pretty impressive for for it's a, a lot of sound in a small package. Jr. You can't call yourself a Wonder Boom without having good bass. <laughs> yeah. Emphasis uh, on the boom for sure. Good. Uh, and so, yeah, next, uh, that makes sense for EQing it for outside, right? Because, I mean, you can take a Bluetooth speaker that doesn't even have a ton of bass and put it near a wall or something in a room, and that will help sort of amplify the bass and give you extra sound. Right. Uh, but if you're out next to a soccer field, there's no walls. There's nothing to help it, really. So it's all on its own, and uh, you can tell it it's outside, and it knows, all right, I need to do the heavy lifting here and give you plenty of bass. Right, Absolutely. What's uh what's good soccer playing music for you? <laughs> uh, anything that gets me feeling aggressive and, and up tempo. So a lot of a lot of hip hop, a lot of a lot of rack, a lot of a lot of aggressive sort of metal, and maybe yeah. even some some EDM stuff, some up tempo EDM, right? So. Stuff to keep your heart rate up. Yeah, keep your... exactly. Yeah, you just gotta. Here's the thing. I am not a. I was a football player and a basketball player, not a soccer player. So okay. So when I play soccer, I. I've got my size, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you do before you worked here? Uh, before I worked at Crutchfield, uh, I so right after college, I went to UVA here. Yeah, I uh, op- helped open a restaurant uh, in town, Sedona Tap House. That's right. Uh, and was there for a few years until I, I took the next logical step, of course, which is being a band director at the University of Virginia. That's what you do, right? <laughs> what, uh, let's get. I want to come back to band director, but what what did you learn in the world of you know uh, serving waitstaff, uh, working in restaurants that helps you help our customers? Uh, so 
one of the things that, and especially in a market like food service where there are countless restaurants, and especially in a sound like Charlottesville, if you don't have a good time, there's no reason to ever go back to that restaurant. There are hundreds of <laughs> yes, other choices. True. Um, we are very, very lucky here in Charlottesville <laughs> with the restaurant scene. So the thing that's going to set us apart, in addition to the quality food, you've got to have great food. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that's really going to set us apart is the quality of service, is that making people feel like they're welcome, making people feel like they're at home, uh, really cultivating that experience. And that's the most important thing. Uh, not the bottom line, not chasing the dollar, not selling the most this or the highest, most expensive that. It's making sure that the person comes in, feels welcome, has a good time, and knows that when they come back, they're going to feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, all the other stuff will come. That is the most important thing. I cannot stress that enough. And I found at Crutchfield, the same attitude applies. Yep. The advisors who are helping you, the customer service reps, the tech, the, the headquarters, everybody is here to make sure that our clients and ourselves are having the emotionally enriching experience that sets us apart. Uh, and that's where that parallel sort of was drawn pretty much from day one to me. It's always made a lot of sense. And I think that that attitude's Helped me be pretty successful here so far. Yeah, I think we found out a long time ago that uh, if you hire good people and uh, you're reasonably sure that they can do the job, even though they may not have the technical expertise coming in, technical expertise is stuff we can teach. Being a fun person to work with and talk to uh, is not something we can teach. You're either that or you're not. Uh, And uh, so you're that for example, oh, uh, and that's, you know, we try to hire people like that. So yeah, that, uh, that's been a pretty good strategy for us so far. It, it works. It makes sense why, uh, you know, why Crutchfield's been around since 1974. Yeah. Uh, quick aside, JR, I grew up in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Okay. Uh, and so Crutchfield was always, you know, saw the commercials, the retail store was down the street from me basically. Yeah. Uh, and then came to Charlottesville back in 08 to go to UVA and there was a Crutchfield store right up 29 mm-hmm. saw the commercials i always just assumed that crutchfield was had retail stores everywhere yeah and and come to find out that turns out nope only two and they just happen to be in the two places that i've lived the longest there you go so yeah because uh, every town you've lived in has a crutchfield <laughs> yeah, i just assume so don't all towns have a crutchfield no uh all right so harrisonburg to charlottesville uh, to go to UVA, you opened Sedona Tap House, and then you said the next logical step was assistant band director, associate band director at yeah. UVA? So I was an associate band director. They're at UVA, they have a, a very unique young marching band program uh, that helped take the place of the pep band, uh, which was here for decades before us. But uh, we put a little, made it a little more formal, got a little more funding, nice. uh, and then put out a you know a 320-person full-size, pretty great sounding marching band with all new equipment of course while i was a student i was a member of the band uh took every opportunity that they would let me have whether it was playing at football games basketball games wind ensemble percussion ensemble yeah i remember once we played at a cross-country meet out there in the middle of a field (laughs) uh again when i say i took every opportunity i mean every opportunity wow um and that paid off they were uh looking for somebody to work with the drumline and the percussionist specifically Mm. Uh, and so I joined a team of four directors that were responsible for the football marching band, the basketball bands, both for men's and women's games, uh, what we called our Olympic sports band, uh, which would play at lacrosse games, soccer games, basically any other uh, collegiate sport that would have us. Yeah. Uh, we would also do the wind ensemble and our concert band at UVA. 
that puts on a concert every semester. And then in addition to that, we taught a two classes, one history of wind ensemble. Um, and then I also taught a percussion techniques class, which was a smaller wow. uh, class where we sort of gave specific instruction to, to whoever's interested. Uh, are you a multi-instrumentalist? <laughs> uh, I am. I can play a lot of instruments very badly, yeah. and then I'm a pretty decent percussionist. So the the music theory helps me get through what my muscle memory doesn't have. Yeah, uh, I can play a little bit of keyboard and piano. Uh, was originally a flute player, Jr. Back in uh, back in uh, middle school, that was the first instrument they started me on. Uh, and so I still got a little bit of woodwind chops, but mm-hmm. it would take me a little bit to shake the rust off. But uh, really, all per- things percussion is where I spend most of my time these days. So, uh, have you taken these music skills and applied them outside of like the marching band style? Like, have, do you play any bands or anything like that? Like, are you could you be a rock and roll drummer if you wanted to? <laughs> like, what do you do with it? What do you do with this musical ability now? I I like to believe I could be a rock and roll drummer if I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, the thing about being in a band that I don't have right now is time. Uh, I, I certainly would jump on opportunities to play, uh, and I'm very fortunate that I've got a lot of good friends who are very talented and willing to play. Uh, I haven't played in Charlottesville re- really for quite some time outside of one featured appearance with, uh, with a band called Aaron and the Wildfire. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, if, you've, if you're anywhere near Charlottesville, you've heard of Aaron and the Wildfire. Aaron Lunsford. Mm-hmm. Aaron Lunsford. Uh, went. To, we went to UVA together. Oh, cool. Uh, still one of my very good friends. Band is chock full of talent. If yeah. you have not listened to them, I cannot recommend them enough. I think they just dropped a new single, so I'll plug that on Spotify. Sweet. Um, but I didn't join them as a drummer, JR. It was Mock Stars at uh, one of the local venues, which is a Halloween show mm. where local bands do covers. Uh, and Aaron Lunsford and the Wildfire went as Katy Perry and her backup band. Oh, wow. And uh, yours truly, of course, performed as... Dancing Sharks? No. <laughs> the bass player was Dancing Shark. Okay. Good. I would... Look, I'm very talented, but I would deign to to <laughs> attempt to be Dancing Shark. Leave that to the professionals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, they had me do Snoop Dogg, Juicy J, and Kanye for the show. Wow. <laughs> so that was a that was a, a fun step in a different direction for me. That was a blast. So like the songs where they might be featured right. or something, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's fun. It was a blast. A lot of cupcakes on my outfit. <laughs> so... <laughs> so. Uh, that's pretty cool. I uh, I have here two more bullet points. Uh, I, I went back. I went back to the notes that we took on day one of your training class. Like, what did I write down about you oh, when no. you introduced <laughs> yourself? Uh, and uh, one of them was that you majored in child psychology. Child psychology and early education. Yeah. Uh, have you found that, uh, the information you gathered at getting that degree, have you found that to be useful in your life? Absolutely. I... Uh... Child psychology is similar to regular psychology in a lot of ways with just a, it's with just a specialization. <laughs> uh, but in general, the whole, the whole field really helps you, makes it a lot easier to empathize and relate with people, which so many of my jobs have been customer-facing or public-facing in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, and so that appreciation of really just the importance of human empathy, uh, I think, is hopefully undercurrent to everything that I do. And and I think in a lot of situations has helped me be successful where I might otherwise not be. Uh, and but the last thing I wrote down was that you've, you uh, have traveled a lot. Um, I've traveled a lot domestically, I feel like. Uh, 
being a band director sort of took me to places that I wouldn't go to otherwise. Some pretty exotic places. I've uh, Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, yeah. uh, been to Niagara Falls a few times, uh, but also places like Ames, Iowa. Uh, uh-huh. I've been to Omaha, Nebraska a few times as well, traveling with the basketball team. Sure. Uh, and uh, it really, uh, I will say that especially working for for the band i really sort of got an itch to travel and i'm looking forward to doing a lot more of it especially as travel regulations ease up a little bit yeah yeah uh so you've been here less than a year at this point uh which i'm thinking that along with uh the lack of supply is is that why you don't have any kind of like home theater gear yet because when i start looking through people's purchasing history usually you don't have to look very far to find you know five seven speakers powered subwoofers home theater receivers big tv all that kind of stuff i didn't really see that on your purchase history or unless i just missed it no you didn't i uh I'm lucky right now that I, I have already some some pretty a pretty decent speaker setup at home ah, nice. with an older receiver, and it's one of those things where if I'm going to swap them out, I need to. I'm making a pretty substantial upgrade, and I want to also upgrade the receiver that I'm using, get to be a little more intelligent about the cabling, and really sort of probably start from the ground up, and. So I'm lucky that I have something to get me through until I've both saved up the money for what I want, and mm-hmm. also everything that I want is immediately available. Yeah. Um, so I, don't worry, I'm I'm always looking. <laughs> what what is uh, what do you have your eye on for the future? Like, what is the next big thing you're thinking about getting? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I am really, really uh, enjoying both what I'm reading, seeing, and hearing from Wharfdale. Uh, yes. The Evo 4.4s are I think really my ideal speaker. Uh, great bottom end response, rich, robust sound with a really clear high. Uh, those those ribbon tweeters really mm-hmm. sort of give you a natural, articulate clarity that I think would really be the next step up. Uh, of course, I want to make sure I've got a receiver that powers them appropriately. Um, and then also want to make sure my source work is going to match the speakers as well. They're a little bit of an investment, but I'm I'm very eager. <laughs> yeah, for a pair of those, you're looking at you know what uh, what customers would pay. You'll pay less because mm-hmm. you work here, uh, but twenty two hundred dollar pair of speakers, right? Uh, and uh, they look beautiful. But uh, I own a pair of Wharfdales, not those. Uh, I own a pair of uh, the bookshelf speakers, like a nine hundred dollar pair of Wharfdale bookshelves. They're four ohm, mm-hmm. uh, and those things just crush mm. i have them on my desk at home so when i do work from home or if i'm editing video or audio or anything like that at home uh and uh, those things just sound amazing uh yeah so uh i am all about some morphdales can't wait uh yeah we'd had some set up in the training room uh, a few weeks ago and i i got to hear him in person uh again i had heard him had heard him elsewhere before and was just I'm like, all right, these are the, these. This is the next big purchase I'm making for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Have you been primarily working from home since you started? I have. So yeah, when we we started in March, it was vaccines were just rolling out. Yeah. So I've been, I've worked in office maybe two or three times. Uh, Try to make it in whenever I can to meet some people, put some names to faces. Everybody's super friendly, but primarily I'm working from home. So they're doing more and more of those demo days now. Now mm-hmm. that we can start to have people more in the office and do some training type things, right? We're still not having having big gathered, you know, big groups of people training, right? But uh, you know, a, a couple speakers set up in a room where anybody can go in on their own and listen and. That stuff is happening more and more. Yeah, there, I think there's still a pair of Wharfdales and some Elax uh, mm. set up in there right now. 
uh, as we're recording this, there's also like two turntables. Okay. And uh, one of them has a, fo- a separate phono preamp. Ooh. The other one we're using the built-in phono preamp, so gotcha. we can kind of hear the difference on that. Uh, lots of cool demos going on. Uh, so that's a great way because uh, you know we we want we want you guys uh, advisors to be able to hear our speakers and not only uh, make educated decisions for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, but help customers know what they're going to sound like too. So yeah. I'm not surprised you feel that way about Wharfdales. That's awesome. And yeah, you guys have, uh, you know, and the training program, you do a great job of giving us a lot of information and specifically the resources to find more information. Yeah. Uh, so we can spend a lot of time and energy researching and that gets us pretty far, but there's no, there's no, uh, replacing the actual hearing nope. and experiencing it for yourself and really being able to relate to the content and really make sure that when you're giving that feedback to clients. Yeah. That's that's been one of the biggest costs uh, from my perspective of the pandemic mm-hmm. for Crutchfield for the advisors is uh, not so much uh, in person training. You know, we're still filling you guys with info. Uh, the vendors are still doing their presentations, but it's all over Zoom or Teams. It's just all remote, so there's no in room listening or at least not much. Uh, right. And uh, that's uh, that's all slowly trickling back. So hopefully next year. We get back to vendors coming to see us and play their speakers, and that's when I mean, it's so much fun doing that. Like, I'm very eager. Uh, I will say kudos to all the vendors who've been coming through. Uh, I've been really impressed at how creatively they've gotten around the obstacle of only Zoom trainings. I still feel like I come away from those, uh, from a lot of those trainings with a lot of really useful, good information, great anecdotes. Uh, and some and some thoughtful comments to really sort of process and then help pass along to our, our clients as well. So, yep. Shout out to to the vendors who come through and do the trainings. Yeah, uh, you know, it was for for so many years we had you know two vendor trainings a week every week for most of the year, right? So by the end of the year you're like, oh gosh, another <laughs> vendor training. I mean, and to go two years without an in person vendor training. We're all just like, I can't wait. I can't wait for that to happen again. Uh, man, that's all the stuff I had on my list. Is there anything we should be talking about that I'm not thinking of? You, I saw you had a list on your phone. What yeah, did you want to talk about? I bought a about? lot of stuff, and I just wanted to make sure I, I remembered everything. Uh, the only things we didn't talk about, we you did mention uh, sort of the bookshelf speakers that you have. Uh, I have a, a set of monitors that I got from Crutchfield, the Mackie. I think they're the CRX cores. Oh yes, I did see that. I forgot oh. to open the web page on them. Those are the like the powered like, computer speakers, yeah. but like uh, like studio monitors. Exactly, and and I use those. They're Bluetooth compatible, and I use those in my bedroom because uh, they're small. They don't take up a lot of space, but they've 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 got a decent sound. It's not necessarily what I would use for critical listening, uh, but they're super convenient. They pair right to my phone. Uh, they're black with just a little green outline, so mm-hmm. they fit the decor perfectly, uh, and they sound great. You know, it's a really great way to just play some music in the morning as you're waking up. So, Rodell just mentioned that he's got some uh, Mackie-powered monitors uh, at yep. home. Yeah, I've got two pair at home myself. Is there anything you don't have? <laughs> yes, I'm working on that, though. Do you have the Eton Aqualite yet? <laughs> Not yet. So, that's the uh, thing. Luckily, I haven't needed it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So what is a powered monitor? These Mackies are, uh, Mackie is a pro audio brand, right? right? They're known for making mixers and stuff yeah. that you would use like for your band if you're going to go play in a bar or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so pow- uh, you know, powered monitors, you might find those in like a recording studio uh, and the recording engineer might use a powered monitor mm-hmm. as the speaker that they use when they're mixing and mastering your music. Yeah. And the reason they use them is because they are EQ'd flat. 
Right. Meaning they don't color the sound with any additional noise. They don't boost the bass or right. anything like that. They don't over accentuate any one frequency over another. Right. They want you to be able to be in control of that as you're making music. Right. So compared to maybe computer speakers um, or some of the other computer speakers we carry, because they're flat, some people might consider them a little boring. Um, I like the design of the Mackie speakers. That's why we ended up with those in our house. Um, honestly, at the price point they are, they're pretty good value. Um, aesthetically, I love them. Um, and uh, actually, we've got them at two different workstations in my house. You know, when everybody had to go home to work and my kids were at home working, everybody needed some computer speakers. So, you know, we were able to, uh, luckily, we carried Mackie at that point already, and we were able to uh, get some of those in my house. I've been very, very happy with them. Yeah. And so when you see powered monitors on a pair of speakers like these Mackies, and we have other ones, uh, mm -hmm. the, that's, the, that's what makes them what they are is that they're usually good to, for hooking up to a computer or to a pro audio mixer system, mm -hmm. and they're a flat EQ, which a lot of just, you know, average Joes might find boring for mm -hmm. real because they're, we're, we're all used to hearing speakers that are designed for use in our homes, mm -hmm. uh, and those speakers are designed to be to, exciting, to be not boring. Right. <laughs> exactly. Be, right. So they do, they might accentuate, they might accentuate the bass or give you extra this or be brighter or not as bright. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're not necessarily going for perfectly flat EQ. They're going for engaging and emotional. Mm -hmm. So powered monitors versus most other speakers, that's a big difference, something yeah. to be aware of. Just didn't want you guys to, you know, buy the wrong speakers. There that's why go. we're here, to help you guys that's, get that's the right it. stuff. That's why. So I'm, I'm a big fan of those. And then the NAD integrated amp I have. That's, that was the main thing. I calculate, <laughs> uh, call myself the host of a show. That was the main thing I wanted to ask you about. Don't worry, Jay. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. We got so many. We got down so many little side roads. Uh, but yeah, the NAD D thirty twenty V two. It's like a sort of a desktop form factor integrated amp. Big volume knob, uh, headphone output. Powers a pair of speakers. It's normally like five hundred bucks ish, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and why did you choose that? Uh, I've got a pair of passive speakers that I've had for a while that are the perfect size for my desk. Yeah. Uh, and passive speakers of that size aren't super common, and I wanted to get something that was going to push a little more energy to them. You know, they just had a thin old little. I wouldn't be surprised. It was like a fifteen watt cheapo, mm -hmm. uh, and was still impressed at how well they sounded. So I wanted to give them a little more respect, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the NAD, just it, it looked perfect based on the specs and everything. I, I took a little bit of a leap of faith there, uh, but I could not be happy with it. it. I run it probably eight to 10 hours a day, mm. right there on my desk. Uh, it never gets warmer than my hand is. Um, it sounds great, clear. It's really got the those micas really shining. Um, Super easy to connect to via Bluetooth. The con uh, controls are right there on the top. Touchscreen controls right on the top there. Uh, of course, the headphone output sounds great as well. Uh, I've got some, I believe they're uh, Audio-Technica headphones. or like 28-ohm or maybe 32-ohm sure. headphones that just go right in and sound great when I need to dial in and, and yeah. push the world out a little bit. Yeah, and it's just not like your run-of-the-mill headphone output. It's a headphone amplifier, right. so it can drive some serious headphones. Right. I could definitely invest in some, in some nicer headphones, and I would be ecstatic to use that thing for critical listening, hook a tack up to it, and, mm. and just be, we'd be golden. Uh, and is this like on your desk where you do your work from home? Uh, 
it is on a separate desk. So I, I don't have it on my my workstation, my Crutchfield workstation. I've got yeah. my own, a, a separate desk with like my personal computer and stuff. Ah, okay. Uh, so that's where those passive speakers are, and uh, it is in the same room. <laughs> and so I still use it with those passive speakers a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Every time I get into chat, just flip the turn the amp up, crank it up, and start blasting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you use as a music source? Is it Spotify mostly? I find myself using Spotify primarily for the variety that's available, and especially when I'm I'm not like really sort of critically listening. Uh, I find the Discover Weekly is really great, and I find that uh, even if I'm not listening to Discover Weekly, if my playlist ends, it'll build a radio based off of that playlist and yeah. find some gems that way. Uh, I'm always super excited to find a new a new jam, if you will, a new a new tune that just like hits the spot. It just gets so exciting. There's nothing like it. Um, and so I use Spotify primarily. I do use Cobuzz a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine when I get that audio engine B1, I'll probably use the uh, Cobuzz a bit more so, yeah. so you can get that 16-bit hi-fi because I know Cobuzz is streaming in Aptex. And when uh, Spotify finally pulls the trigger and does high res music, I guess I'm gonna have to invest in a DAC and, uh, <laughs> and yeah. some new stuff as well. So, <laughs> uh, cool. So the NAD is a desktop integrated amp, and that thing's uh, that thing's a little beast, man. It's got a bunch of really great reviews. Uh, I think you uh, you said you took a leap of faith on it. You hadn't had a chance to hear it before you bought it, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not an insignificant purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, and it's paid out. It paid off. It paid off, and I, I would have happily paid full. Pro- I would have expected to pay full price and more for it the quality the utility it is just a really solid piece that i i I know i'm gonna have for a long time yeah man rodell thank you so much for coming in man this has been a lot of fun hey jr thanks for having me i appreciate the opportunity it's always good to see you don't get to see you as much these days and it's it's always good to catch up you as well man maybe at some point soon we'll both be working in the contact center more often so that'd be fun looking forward to it excellent man thanks for coming in all right brother take care so that's Rodell and me talking. Uh, we were in here in the studio a couple months ago and uh, absolutely love that guy. I'm super excited that he is now coaching and leading a team of sales advisors and he can influence them to be more like like him, really. Right. <laughs> that's right. what we want. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, he was he's super fun to talk to and uh, I, uh, I'm so glad he's here. Um, so we're, we're almost done with the show. Uh, yeah. But Rodell and I were talking there at the end about how we... You know, we kind of miss in-person vendor trainings. Right. And uh, we, as of right now, we've just kind of slowly dipped our toes in the water of getting yeah. back to some in-person trainings. Yeah. Some folks are still around, right? Like, we have people in our call center. Uh, we have a lot of people working from home as well. Uh, but for the folks that are here every day, we, we're starting to do demo days again. You know, it's something that we've always done in the past where, you know, just opportunities to get different gear on display and pull it down and put different gear on display and kind of, you know, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And, you know, it's been fun. It's it's fun to get our hands on the gear again. Yeah, so we can make it happen, uh, and we do. We, cir- we, we, we circulate new products into our demo days mm-hmm. every couple of weeks. And for anybody that doesn't work from home, uh, they're here. They get yeah. to really experience that. Yeah. Some people come in just to experience that. Yeah. And even for the folks that are working from home, you know, there's a nice write-up that, you know, usually uh, – uh, goes along with the demo days. So, you know, they're getting a little bit out of it, but uh, it, it's it's awesome for the folks that are here in person for sure. And as far as actual vendors 
train uh, coming in, you know, the companies that make the products that we sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very much looking forward to seeing those vendor trainers come back to Crutchfield yeah. again. We had one not too long ago. A big one. A big one. Yeah. Uh, and so this was JBL and Infinity, both of those guys, uh, from, all, you know, Harm, Harman yeah. International, <laughs> yeah. uh, owned by Samsung. It was a big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah it's- they spent a lot of money. Yes, making this happen. They sent an RV. Mm-hmm. They had a Fiat outfitted with uh, a bunch of great speakers. A Ford F one fifty, a Wrangler, a Jeep that Wrangler awesome. that was yeah. super with awesome. Tr- pulling a trailer that was just nothing but a trailer full of speakers. Yeah, it was. Really they brought cool. JBL party boxes and Bluetooth speakers. I mean, yeah. it was a it was a full day of training outside. Food trucks. Yeah, I was about to say, and free lunch, free food. <laughs> Uh, and because we did it outside so people yeah. could feel more socially distanced. Exactly. We didn't want to force everybody back into a building if they weren't comfortable with it. Right. Um, but everybody got to hear a ton of stuff and get some hands-on and really experience uh, some really cool stuff. I think my favorite part of that was the um, on the side of the RV was mm. the Dolby Atmos demo. Oh, yes. It really got me pumped for uh, Top Gun. If you know what Dolby <laughs> Atmos is, it's like home theater with height speakers. <laughs> yes. but And we, we made that happen outdoors on the side of on an the RV. Side of an RV, a, yeah. an actually compelling Atmos demo with uh, like Tom Gunn. We were wa- to- Tom Gun. Gunn, yeah, <laughs> Tom Gunn, Top Cruise. <laughs> yes, uh, we were watching Top, the original Top yeah. Gun, and uh, sitting and in lawn chairs, sitting in lawn chairs <laughs> next to a fire pit, next yeah. to an RV, and uh, there it sounds like there's airplanes above us. Yeah, no, I, I was not. I come a tough, to think of it, we it wasn't are, a tough day at work. No, way, that was a fun day at work. <laughs> come to think of it, we are next to the airport, so. <laughs> Uh, we are kind of you say airplanes. Right. <laughs> that sounds like it's right above us. Yeah, that was a jet take yeah. off. Uh, so that that was a great day of vendor training, demo days, all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. And let's talk right now about something pretty new that you guys have just set up as a demo. Sure, this uh, week's. Yeah, this week's demo is yeah. uh, short throw projectors. Yeah, yeah, those have uh, you know. We've actually loaned out a lot of those to employees here recently. You know, that's one of the cool things we can do is send products to our employees' houses so they can demo them in person, even you know if they're not having an opportunity to come into demo days. And uh, you and I have seen that uh, these short throw projectors have been really requested by our employees. Everybody wants to get their hands on it. It makes uh, sense. <laughs> I mean, a projector is arguably the coolest way to watch movies at home, right? right. Yeah. But it takes a dark room. It mm-hmm. takes uh, mounting the projector somewhere, a big screen. Uh, Got to figure out sound. Calibrating the whole thing, right? Right, right. Uh, Long HDMI cables that run through your wall and up into your ceiling. I mean, installation of a projector system is, you know, challenging uh, at, at best. Yeah. And a short throw projector, the whole like the reason you might want one is mm-hmm. because you don't have to do most of that stuff. <laughs> right, right. You just put it on the floor or on a table. A like, couple inches away from the wall. Just uh, Yeah, right up there in the front, right by where the screen will be. Yep. Right? And it, show, and it shoots the projector image directly up mm-hmm. at the wall from that that angle right below the wall. So you yeah. don't have to mount it. It's not on the ceiling. You don't need a long cables. All your other components are right there. So regular length HDMI cables. Right. And so you guys have... Um, Set one up in uh, one of our break rooms, mm-hmm. and we've had a bunch of people actually borrow them and take them home to try them at their house. Right, uh, and they're available in different flavors. Some come with a screen that's specifically for a short throw projector. Some mm-hmm. don't, so you can get yeah. your own screen. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, can you? And you were part of setting up this short throw projector yeah. in the demo day. Can you? I haven't seen it yet, so yeah. I'm going to go over there later. Yeah. Uh, but can you tell me what was it like and what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, we we actually tried in. Uh, three different rooms. So we, you know, different lighting situations and whatnot. And, uh, you know, 
one of the things that is very obvious uh, in this situation is you got to be able to control the light in a room. I mean, that's the same for projectors. And I think that's one of the maybe misconceptions out there. You know, movie projectors aren't necessarily as bright as PowerPoint projectors. Yeah. So, you know, if you've ever been in a, in a business presentation where you're looking at a spreadsheet or a PowerPoint presentation up on a screen in a well-lit room, it can work fine. Yeah, with fluorescent lights and windows right. and all of that. But there's no, uh, what you don't get in those situations is color saturation and depth of feel and and movement you know i mm-hmm. prefer pictures that move when i'm watching movies contrast you know, ratio right contrast and things like that yeah. and uh, really the way to do that is a being able to control the light um, to some extent and uh, also uh, having reflective material involved and you know that proved true with our demo so right now i've got to say when you come over i think you'll see that uh uh, you know, this this very nice projector that it's set up, um, but right now it's not demoing its, its its best foot isn't forward, but that's part of the learning process. I want our advisors to see that so that we can make sure that we're recommending the complete package so that our customers are happy when they get it home. Yeah, we don't want to oversell or, no. set, or set an expectation no. that the product itself can't at least meet, if not exceed. Right. And if you're thinking it's just going to look great, just throw it on the floor and aim it at the wall and you're good to go. It's not that simple. Nope. Uh, And there are special screens that are Mm -hmm. highly recommended for a short throw projector. And they're different from the other projector screens, right? Many projector screens are designed to reject ambient light from your windows and stuff. You do not want one of those for a short throw projector, which is literally coming at an extreme angle. So the screen would see that as ambient light. You don't want to project or reject the projector. (laughs) <laughs> Don't reject the projector. So, yeah. So, you need a screen that is not going to reject the projector's projection uh, right. as ambient light. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. That's good. No. So, those are some pro tips, and those yeah. are the kind of things our advisors are learning. So, if you have any questions literally about anything we sell, yeah. uh, definitely call and just talk to one of our advisors. I trained them. Rodell's coaching them. You know, I mean, it's it's a pretty good situation yeah. there in the contact center. Absolutely. I bother you while you train them. Right. Yeah. Eric sits there in the contact center bothering our advisors. Uh, yeah. And so. Constantly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's what's going on here. Yeah, that's what we got going on. I think I think we've just completed another episode of Crutchfield the podcast. I think that happened. You know what? There's a bunch of links in the show notes on mm-hmm. this show to a lot of the stuff that we talked about in this show. So if you want to go see the Eton Aqualite, that NAD integrated amp that Rodell mentioned, the XM5s from Sony, and bunches bunch more stuff. It's all there's links to it in the show notes uh, and where, wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can just go to crutchfield.com/podcast to see the entire page. There's usually pictures and uh, links and better descriptions and all that. It's the perfect place to go find our podcast. Go figure. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, and you should also be checking out Crutchfield Live. We're giving stuff away on yeah, Crutchfield Live. We should give away one of those Etons. Right. I, I just said it out loud. I, we should. I, maybe I'll just buy it and send it to somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's 25 bucks, and can that's I, not even my whoa, whoa, price. Can so. I sign up for that one then? <laughs> <laughs> I know. How, how nice would it be if we could sign up and win our own sweepstakes? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> No, we get our employee discounts. Yeah, so we'll take that. Yeah, we'll just and we get that. paid to oh, talk about right. this. Yeah, yeah, this is our that. job. <laughs> right. Yes. So thank you so much for listening to Crutchfield, the podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another episode shortly, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you. <laughs>